Welcome back to another episode of the Illustrious Shula Bowl podcast brought to you by the great folks at Five Reasons Sports. We are coming off a eventful, kind of mundane weekend, so to speak. I mean, uh, eventful in the, in, the, in the sense that we got two games in, but mundane in the sense that a 22-point win over UMass, not the most impressive thing in the world for FAU, although Jim Levitt was celebrating the uh, defensive performance as if they shut out Clemson. And the FIU Panthers uh, are now 0-5. They suffer a... A loss, they blow a three-point halftime lead, the first halftime lead of the season, and uh, kind of were outscored, not kind of, they were outscored in the second half, 28-8, to eight, en route to Western Kentucky, picking up their, four, their fourth win of the year. Uh, we're going to spare you the introductions. At this point, we think you know who all of us are. Shane O'Mac, I want to get your thoughts. You know, yes, I, I kind of threw that little bar with Jim Levitt and his, his post-game celebration, whatever. He can, he can have fun. I mean, I guess it's a, you know, hey, the team's winning and, and by all means have fun. But just, you know, kind of your, your thoughts as someone who was at the game. I just had a chance to watch the first half of the game on my flight home from Nashville. Uh, take it away as far as what you saw from Boca. Yeah, it's about as pretty generic as you could get with beating UMass. I mean, there was times I felt they were, I don't want to say experimenting, but, you know, they were trying to give – if FAU started Toronto, they could probably win this game by 50 points. But it seemed like they were trying to do a lot of things with Posey to kind of have them expand on his game. Um, and you could tell UMass was well-prepared for this football game. They didn't really respect Posey's ability to pass, and he really couldn't make them pay for most of the night. You know, they had, the, they had a couple nice drives. To, you know, uh, and he had the long run, and that was about it. FAU didn't give up a single point uh, on defense, just, you know, a block punt on, um, you know, led to a safety. But other than that, it was, it's about as meh as you can get. I, I just think, you know, after the FIU game, that the um, expectations and kind of the posy hype has just really slowed down. And I, I, I thought, I don't know, I, it's, you know, Eric, you, and you and I were talking about it before the podcast. I just, I think there were some things that I wanted to see him do that sometimes natural quarterbacks have, and he just, he didn't do those things. Yeah, Shane. So, you know, to kind of touch on what we talk about off air, you know, your concern was that, you know, at this point in, in, in time in his football career, that you would think that, you know, those things might have kind of developed. And that's not to say that they won't develop in the future. By no means are we saying that Javon Posey, you know, after two starts is supposed to be a finished product as a quarterback. But I will piggyback off that. Having seen, you know, pretty much uh, um, two and a half quarters of play, I haven't seen the entire game yet. I'll finish it up after the podcast. But there did look to be some throws that you know, you'd want to have back. But at the same point in time, Shane, I just came from Western Kentucky and saw Tyrell Pigram play quarterback where um, I don't want to say Tyrell Pigram is Javon Posey four years from now because that's probably not doing him any service, uh, especially for FAU fans. But you're talking about a guy who's four or five years in his career and, and is still missing throws. So I think at this point, you're still scratching the surface, although I do hear your point is that there's some things you would think just are naturally innate as a thrower that he doesn't have right now. But I think the reason I'm, why I'm optimistic is when, you know, I had a chance to see him uh, play live against FA, excuse me, against FIU. There's a dollar in a jar against FIU. It, it at least looks, Shane, as if the arm talent is reasonably there, right? I mean, he at this point, he is not a natural thrower. I mean, you may disagree. I'll finish this point really quick. I'll toss it back to you. Um, you can still kind of see him as if he's kind of trying to, like, guide the ball to where he needs it to be as opposed to just, you know, letting it rip and making the throw. But it put it to you this way, and, and maybe arm talent is the wrong phrase, but he doesn't look to me as if necessarily 
FAU's offense is going to have limitations in that you only know he can make X amount of throws. And I'll give it back to you on that one. Yeah, but here's the thing. What's weird is last ball, granted it was limited on scout team. Posey was making throws that made people turn their heads, and I just didn't see that. I don't, you know, again, I, I wrote about this on my five takeaways for the Owls Nest. You know, there was a fourth and seven where they ran, you know, it was pretty elementary route combo, very common in football. I don't want to say elementary, but it's common trip, right? Inside, you know, inside receiver runs a flag, the outside, two outside guys run, runs a post, one runs a go, you know, the place to get to, you know, have it, the slot receiver catch on out on the sideline in front of the, usually a sagging corner and cover three and over a linebacker, you do it right at the linebacker. I hate making this comparison, but that throw, just simply getting it over a linebacker and in front of a safety is just a throw you got to make. Like that's the throw you got to make in high school that in ninth grade and in 10th grade, 12th, it's, it, you just have to make that throw. And it, yes, people talk about, yes, he could get better. Yes. There were times where he simply just didn't see open guys. Those are type of things I think you can prove at NFL scouts and people tell you around the game that accuracy can't be taught. It typically doesn't it, accuracy. Um, feel in the pocket is the type of things why Ryan Tannehill is Ryan Tannehill and Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Okay. You know, there's no drill you could do to just make those things better. It's no different than a pitcher who can't get it in the strike zone and touch and feel. I always say is like, okay, you know, arm talent. Yeah, he has it. That's his fastball. Touch and feels like throwing a good curveball and slider. You know, you can't just say, well, this is how John Smoltz grips it and, you know, uh, and rips it. John Smoltz has one of the best sliders in baseball history because it's just a feel thing. You can't replicate that. And that, that's just the type of things, you know. Uh, even when Chris Robinson struggled his redshirt freshman year, he still made throws consistently that made you turn your head. And it was just the mental game he had to get, you know? So I, I hope to see, this is essentially, I'm going to just say it straight up. This is a, these next three games along with this is a tryout for Posey. Sure. So, you know, he has to, or I even think even regardless, if he plays decently well on the stretch, I think he's going to the portal and they're going to say, we got a great football team. We can be Cincinnati level with a good quarterback. Like I said, Shane, we'll come back to this discussion a little bit later because there, there's a couple things there that I kind of feel, and you know, maybe semantics, maybe not. There's a couple things that I would kind of, you know, see a little bit differently. But we can come back from the Javian Posey discussion for uh, another day. Overall, you know, another good win for FAU or, or a win. I shouldn't say it's a good win because it is UMass, but a win is better than a loss. Certainly, something that the FIU Panthers can attest to. David, I know you and I. I, I don't want to say we have differing opinions on this game. Um, and I definitely want Shane's thoughts as well. I want to allow Shane to chime in as well as the outsider's perspective. But um, uh, I, I am curious to hear, you know, when I when I message you off air, you said that you're numb at this point. At this point, you can't feel you don't know what to feel. And, and I and David, just for the record, being up there in the press box, you know, 13, 10 halftime lead, you're thinking, all right, you know, maybe this is a this is the game that, you know, the Panthers are going to put it all together. And then we saw what the two drives coming out of halftime look like. And 
you know, I, I, as numb as my position allows me to feel, David, I felt it too, but I'm sure it wasn't quite as numb as you. So I will let you uh, take away from there. I, I just, I don't feel any pain anymore because it's just come to the point where I almost just expect us to lose. And that's how sad it, it's got into. I don't know if you can hear this, but that's me hitting the reset button and just start for next year, please. Just cancel the season, asterisk season, get me out of here already. Relieve me of this pain that I don't even feel anymore. It's just, it's so bad. Like I, I was with you like at halftime. I mean, I was not like, I was not to the point that I was like, oh yeah, this, like we're, we're winning this game. I, right. I don't, that confidence left, you know, now it's going to be a year from tomorrow. That's when that confidence left. Um, and like, holy crap. Like, how do you, I think Eric, correct me if I'm wrong. Was it 28 unanswered or 35 unanswered? 28. Oh my God. It's just like, I don't even know. I don't even have words at this point. Like, I don't even know what to say anymore because it's just so it's gotten to the point that it's just embarrassing like it's embarrassing the you know it's we're going to turn into broken records on this podcast because it's the same thing that happens every single week the defense does you know defense once again isn't amazing by any sort of means but they do their job they get the stops our offensive is stagnant our our play calling is not creative at all and it's just it's the same. It's like literally it's deja vu every single time I turn on the TV and watch FIU football. It's like it's insane. It's oh my god, Eric, just give me something, man. I I, I oh my god, it is it's so- before before I give you something. Here's where I will empathize with you. Right, this does remind me a little bit of that 2015 UCF year when it just felt like not only were the losses losses, they were bad. And here's where I can understand. I'm sure Shane can feel this too. It's one thing to lose and you lose on a last second field goal or, you know, you lose uh, by, by seven points or whatever. But as a fan, and, and I, I can, you know, hearken to it to being a fan. I can relate. When the ball slips out of your quarterback's hands, he's trying to throw on third down and, you know, he's got to recover the fumble. Um, when it's the pick six, when it's the things like that, when it's the, the Bortenschlager scramble and fumble, I can absolutely understand that as a fan, you look at that stuff and it's like we're losing in ways that are – just kind of embarrassing and maddening. And, and that, David, I'm sure you, you would uh, agree, that's the toughest part, right? Well, the, the, well, yes, I completely agree. But the toughest part for me is that after week one, I saw so much promise and potential in this team, and it just went right out the window immediately. Like, it was insane. Like, ah, oh, Eric, man, it, it just – it really sucks. But, yeah, I totally agree with everything you just said. You just said, man. Oh, my God. Okay, so here's my POV, which I know Panther fans, you can find me at Eric C. Henry underscore. Feel free to light me up. If you guys think I am by any means, you know, carrying the water for Butch Davis, feel free to light me up. This is what I'm going to say. I have yet to hear. And Shane, I would love your POV on this. I know I said that again. I'm going to let you like chime in. I would love your POV on this. Yes, FIU is not the only team that dealt with COVID. There are, there are multiple teams, you know, damn near half of FBS football that didn't have a spring practice. However, it's one thing to not have a spring practice, David, Shane. It's another thing when you only have 48 available bodies, you're playing all five offensive linemen are playing all 85 snaps. I went back and looked because I had to, after Butch Davis, you know, I said it the past four or five weeks has been rinse and repeat as were injuries, COVID, 
we're down too many guys. I went back and checked the participation report just to make sure that what he was saying was lining up. When guys like Dimitri Profit, I mean, that's a third string linebacker right there. The uh, um, uh, Obina, that, that's, a, that's a third string guard. You know, a true freshman at left tackle. All I'm saying is this. This season would be much easier for me to process as, all right, that's on coaching if it were just the quarterback situation. But the fact that they're playing so many young guys, and dude, David, they've got guys going like high school level where you're playing offense and special teams or defense and special teams. That is something I feel you have to take into account. With that being said, I'm not saying that the clock isn't ticking now because it's been over. If you want to throw this year out, that's fine. They weren't much better last year, and some of the wins they had last year weren't that good. So you got to take that into account. But well, that's all I'm saying is for FIE fans. What's up? No, I said at least we had wins. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just going to say, I'll, I'll close it on this, and I'll you know definitely want Shane's POV. Um, if, if FIE fans want to you know, be pissed off at this season, I do feel you have to take into account the sheer lack of bodies and the amount of dudes who are injured. You know, Jamal Gates on the first play. You know, stuff like that, I think you have to take into account. Does it make 0-5 feel better, potentially 0-8? And the quarterback situation feel better? No. But you can't just write it off as if it didn't happen. Uh, yeah, I get, yeah, the injuries. It's making it tough. Maybe with a full team, FIU squeaks out Jackson, Jacksonville State and uh, maybe Middle Tennessee. But this, this, is, this is broken. This isn't working. Uh, it, it's, it, it's beyond – I mean, really – Okay, they're 0 and 5. I mean, is it really that much better if they're 2 and 3 and they beat a bad middle Tennessee State and Jackson State? Because I don't think they win that yesterday. Maybe it's a close game. I think West Kentucky is better than the record. But, like, is, is, this, is this anything that there's, to me, there's one decision. What are your goals as a program, right? And is there anything that you see right now that can take you to your goals as a program? That's it. Like, if I had a coaching staff, at FAU, I'm going to look at the staff and say, okay, we want to be a premier G5 team. We want to be up there with the Boise's, the Cincinnati's, the UCF's, the, uh, that the whole thing. Is this coach capable of doing that and bringing us to there by what I see on the field? And if the answer is no, whether you're 0-5 or 2-3, and bye. And that, that's how I see these things. David, I'll let you go. No, I'll come back after. Well, I, I, I do agree with Shane there. And, and just like to um, like piggyback on what you said earlier, yes, the injuries and the COVID and all that does you know play a, a big part. But everybody's going through that. Like everybody goes through this, and that doesn't excuse losses to Jacksonville State. It doesn't excuse blowout losses like this to Western Kentucky where we just choke away this game. Like things like that, it, it's just like – you know, it's obviously, you know, a lot of it was like mistakes. Like we had, you know, 14 points scored in a matter of 13 uh, in like a matter of like 30 seconds, like, you know, based off two turnovers and stuff like that, you know, isn't really coaching, but I, I'm, I'm with Shane. Like if you, if like, if you seen the, like the peak and that peak isn't, you know, getting, you know, where you getting you, where you want to be, 
it's it might be time to reset and you know it, it's it just it's looking like it's that time it's looking like it's the it, we're hitting the reset button we should be at least this is all i'll say to, to your point david i'm gonna i'm gonna respond to your point and i'm gonna read a quote from bush Davis's presser because you know it, it, that pressers aren't being made public on a on youtube like they were in previous years so if the fans want to hear you know what bush davis said verbatim i will read it off to you david you said everyone's dealing with covid that's true not everyone's dealing with practicing with less than 50 guys. I, I, the SEC has a rule in place where they want 53 guys to be available or else you are basically playing on your own. That happened. I, unfortunately, I can't, I'm sorry. I cannot remember the team. I, 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 there was some SEC team that this week uh, had to go uh, uh, against that SEC kind of recommendation of having at least 49, at least 53 scholarship players. FIU has been at points with them below that. I'm going to read a quote from Butch Davis. We're playing guys that should be red to you, to be honest. We lost every single one of our starters. You've heard that line. I'll, I'll bypass that. Um, you know, it, the, the, the money quote here, Shane, uh, excuse me, uh, David, I think is interesting, is he said, two weeks ago, we only had 49 players. How do you get better that way? Our, if you could see our practices, to be honest, they're almost a joke at times. You can't get better on the offensive side of the ball and, and, and quarterbacks without and continuity when you're playing a game one week, then off, then you can't practice. All right, that's Butch Davis's quote. This is all I'm going to come back to and say this. If you want to look at 2019 and say that is your frustration, I have no pushback on that. That was a disappointment. There are plenty of players. There, there are uh, – Ike Brown was an NFL camp. You had multiple running backs who were in NFL camps. You had James Morgan, Stanley Thomas Oliver, T.R. Tart who in the NFL right now. A lot of NFL talent on that team. They, they were, there was too much talent on that team to disappoint the way they did. This year, all I'm saying is this. If you're going to make the cost-benefit analysis of – where we are as a program is not where we need to be based on this year. That to me is the issue. If you want to look at it overall and say we're six and 12 in the past year and a half, that's a different story. Cause the fact of the matter is this, we're almost two years removed from a nine win season. David, I'll yeah, absolutely. Or, go, go, no, I'm sorry. Let, let me go. Sorry. Sorry. I, I completely agree. I mean, th- this is more than just about being Owen five this year. I mean, it's unfortunate that this is the scenario Again, there, there, there is nothing to be watching FIU that says, you know what, you know what, next year, this is an 8-9 win team. Shane, I don't want to cut you off, Shane, but how can you say that? I'm just curious. With, with the amount of injuries, when you have Demery's been out, Thornton's been out for the entire season, uh, the amount of guys, how can you say just based off what you've seen this year? I'm, I'm just, I, I, I would feel more comfortable making that assessment with a full team. I'm just, I'm just curious. I'm sorry for cutting you off, Shane. I, I, I get all the injuries and stuff like that. You're not, you're not just losing close games. Like you're, you're getting blown out, but you're losing to FCS opponents. I, I'm sorry. You're a division one. You're an FBS team. Like I, I get it. You know, after you played a game and it's the source of my frustration down 25 players, most of the team, most of the team couldn't practice for two weeks. Nick Tronti, the starting quarterback, missed two weeks of practice. They practice at 10 o'clock at night, um, Wednesday and Thursday. So the few guys that did clear the, uh, the COVID protocol, okay, could get at least two practices in before they went up on the road to play. Now a currently top 15 team. They were in that game to the fourth quarter. It, it, that, it, 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 there you go. And again, you, I think the bigger, I think the bigger thing is is six and twelve over your last eighteen. That's it. Like, it, 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 again, it's sorry it has to come to this year, but maybe you're right. They get everyone back, and it all 
you know, you come back next year. But honestly, depending on what happens in the off season, I, I don't see a scenario again right now where this is an eight and I win team next year. We're just by getting their injured guys back. Yeah, I thought like what Shane just said was exactly the point of, you know, FAU has been also going through a lot of COVID issues, especially early in the season, and they still came out and competed with what they had, right? Like they had they had games that they were missing, like you said, 20, 20 players. Like, you know, like like they come out and they're competitive and they're in every game. Like us, like we just look lost and we look like just we just look so stagnant and nothing improves. I feel like there's like no adjustments adjustments made. Like it's just it's just like so and like almost boring it, to watch. The other big point of this is even if everything you're saying is correct, Eric, maybe there is an element of correct to it. Maybe they do come back and there's a potential they could win eight games, right? And, but my thing is with the point of the fan base right now in a program that's still it felt like it had a little bit momentum of building, uh, you know, some semblance of a season ticket, you know, COVID obviously was hard, but a season ticket base. And, you know, for a moment there, they weren't a laughing stock. They were like, Hey, this is a legit football program, Miami. Well, regardless of the excuses, this is, I don't want to say excuses, regardless of whatever scenarios there is. um, This is, they've lost that momentum this year. And if you really want to lose momentum, go ahead, bring this whole staff back. Like sell this team next year. What are you going to, what is your, what is your promotion? We have, we're not as injured. Like, I mean, to me, I'm sorry, Shane, my bad, my bad. Yeah. To me, my last point here, there's a lot of football coaches out there that can go win eight, nine games. Conference USA. There's a lot of good, good football coaches out there. There just needs to be a change. Again, you make the UCF point with George O'Leary. George O'Leary won a BCS title. If you if you kept them there for five more years, you probably could have got UCF back on track. Yeah. But sometimes it's just time. Yeah, and just you know to piggyback on that, also like when it comes to have you seen like the cap of what this team like you know, what, what this program is and what Butch can lead us to. And it's the eight, nine wins. Obviously that's, that's awesome. But, you know, even in this four year tenure, besides the Miami game and the Bahamas bowl, we haven't won it. Like we haven't been able to pull off the big wins we've beaten, you know, well, at least we used to beat who we were supposed to like beat. And then, you know, it just seems like that's like the, the ceiling for us. Like the ceiling seems to be, we're going to win games, but we won't win the conference. And that's just something that, you know, if you want to improve the program, you can't just, you know, like concede to, you know, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. But go ahead, Eric. No, it's, it's really interesting, right? Cause I don't want to keep us here all night, but I, I feel I'm uniquely qualified to opine on this having been at UCF pre quote unquote national championship, right? I saw when the ceiling was eight wins, nine wins, and then Dear God, when the when the team went to the Fiesta Bowl, we were like, oh, my God, this is amazing, right? And then it was back to eight wins, nine wins. I saw when that ceiling was. But I also am, you know, aware enough to when to, to know when five and seven, you'd get that a year at UCF. But, David, I want to ask you something real quick because I don't want to go off on a tangent. I asked this to an FIU fan on Twitter. I want to ask you this question because I haven't asked you this on air. 
And I also think some of the discussions you guys are having are a little bit different discussions and and, and points which I agree. As far as having not won a big game, I, I, I agree that outside of Miami, there have been a lot of wins that you go back and look at the record, the the um the the wins of the uh, excuse me the win loss record of the uh, opponents. They weren't great. But David, I want to ask you this: Would this season? I don't think I've asked you this off here. Would this season fit better with you? Would it sit better with you as a fan if if the quarterback situation at least looked like it was stabilized? Because I will say this: as someone who covers this team, the thing that you look at for next year and it's like okay that keeps you uneasy is not necessarily the injury because you'll get those guys back. It's that the quarterback situation does not look settled. So the, the, I just want to ask you that question. Would it sit a little bit better to you if you at least, whether it was Stone, Max, or Kalen, you at least felt confident that you had something going in the right direction for next year? Yeah, that, that, yeah that's a great question. I, I would say yes, because at least, you know, you know you're, you're going to get, you know, you're, you're building on it like a, a, a position that, is the most important position on the field. And so at least that gives you some sort of confidence. But, you know, I just don't have any confidence in either of the three right now. And I think that does also play a huge role, Eric. That's that's a great point. But, yeah, I, I would probably have more confidence if we were getting consistent quarterback play. Um, it doesn't even have to be amazing, but at least, you know, consistent play is something that we haven't even gotten from any of them. So, yeah, I, I would say yes. So, like I said, you know, this is something we can come back to another episode. I am planning at this point, you know, I don't see the Panthers uh, reason to be favored in any of the remaining three games. If we're facing it or if the team is facing an 0-8 season, I already have something in mind to write as far as kind of giving my thoughts as far as Butch Davis and this staff being on the clock. But I also, as someone as like I said, maybe I'm giving a little more credence than, you know, David or Shane or maybe some of the other fans. Not It's not just them willing to give as far as how banged up this team is and just the sheer number of, you know, having to practice with 49 guys is, is very tough. But with that being said, um, spirit of discussion, guys, uh, Shane, you know, coming up next for FAU, I just really quick want to ask you this. Um, coming off of the UMass game, and then we'll wrap it after this. Coming after the, uh, off of the UMass game, you got Middle Tennessee, Georgia Southern, Southern Miss. You're thinking 3-0, right? Like, th- that's something that, I mean, granted, sure, the Georgia Southern no, offense. No, Milwaukee, but, no, no, no. No, no, no. I, 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 I am probably leaning against FAU this week. Tennessee. Uh, yeah, here's my problem. My theory is, if that offense doesn't get better, FAU loses to Middle Tennessee the way they should have lost to Western Kentucky. Ash O'Hare could make the extra play or two. Sure. Okay. That. Um. And this just history. Maybe just FAU hasn't won at Murfreesboro since 2004. Um, it has been a, like, they've lost on a Hail Mary there. They lost on the stock still, two-point conversion. There was a game in the Charlie Partridge era that was king. They lost on a last-second field goal. I mean, uh, there was the Richie, the 77-55. Middle Tennessee has no quarterback, and Richie James runs for seven touchdowns. I mean, that place has just been... If it can go wrong in Murfreesboro, it goes wrong for FAU. It's just the house of horrors for FAU uh, type deal. So it's just like, and again, you know, the offense in Georgia Southern's a good football team. I know they lost to army, but uh, they, they're, they're a good football team and they see essentially FAU's offense. They're running right now every day. And I just don't have confidence to really go out there and run the ball for 350 yards with them. So 
I'd be thrilled with two and one. All right. You heard there from Shane Marinelli himself as we wrap this one up. I don't have any confidence in Scott Schaefer's defense. So I think FAU will find a way to put up offense against Middle Tennessee. Georgia Southern is the one I'm questionable about. And Southern Miss, we all know what's going on there. But with that being said, this is all we have for you on this episode of the Shula Bowl podcast. You can find us on Twitter. You can find David on Twitter at MrHondel321. You can find Shane on Twitter at Marinelli Shane. Find me on Twitter at Eric C. Henry underscore. Please, all FIU fans who are, you know, disagree with me. Uh, light me up, light up my mentions. Like I, I am, uh, I am there and more than willing to engage on this one. And uh, with that being said, you can find the podcast on Twitter at Chewable Pod, and of course Five Reasons Sports on Twitter at the number Five Reasons Sports. Thank you for listening. Happy football watching. Hopefully, we come back another weekend with both teams playing. Of course, with COVID, that's been an issue. Everyone, stay safe. Uh, happy Thanksgiving as well, because we won't catch you guys until post Thanksgiving. And uh, that's that. <laughs>